And welcome to the third bonus episode of the Cinescope podcast. Following up on his appearance in last week's episode 19, where we talked about David Lynch's 1984 film adaptation of Frank Herbert's novel Dune, is Patrick Casey, or perhaps more appropriate for this episode, Holtzman. And today we are talking about Bungie's 2014 online first-person shooter video game, Destiny. Patrick, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. We recorded this fairly, fairly uh, shortly after doing the Dune episode. We did. It's only been a, a few minutes for us, but <laughs> about a, a few three days minutes. for everybody else. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you sort of briefly reintroduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and uh, your history with Destiny? Well, my name is Patrick Casey, otherwise known as Holtzman. Uh, fun fact that the name Holtzman actually came from Dune as well. I seem to be a little bit of a fanatic about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I basically my job is to work on YouTube and make videos about destiny everything from weapon reviews to news uh we have a a podcast the destiny community podcast where we bring in people from the destiny community and just talk about the game every single week of thursday very cool and i I listened to that show i listened to the previous podcast that you guys did and uh it's definitely part of my weekly podcast listening routine awesome we were really surprised by like how how popular the the original plan destiny podcast was because Prior to that, when they said, hey, Patrick, do you want to make a podcast? I was like, yeah, sure. And then I quietly said, I have no idea what a podcast is. I've never <laughs> listened to one of these. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that was my first experience. I said I got together with one of the other person uh, people that planned Destiny. I said, hey, let's just talk about Destiny for an hour, I guess. And people liked it. So we kept doing it and building upon it. And yeah, I guess I'm a podcaster now. Right. And well, Destiny is definitely one of those games that is built around the community. Oh, yes. Having somebody to tune into every week to just talk about the latest updates and what we want to see in the future and express community concerns. Mm -hmm. I I think that's a a very appealing idea for a show for a game like Destiny. Yeah, it's I mean, every single week we get people even during the, the, the content lulls, people still will tune in, even though they haven't played Destiny in a while. They just want to, you know, tune in and say, see, see what's going on with the community, see what's going on with the game. Right. And that's actually sort of me right now. I, I, I still play Destiny every now and then. I still have my mm-hmm. clan. I still have family that plays it. But uh, really, my main focus with the video game at the moment is listening to all the podcasts that talk about it. And gotcha. so uh, let's go ahead and sort of introduce the game before we dive deeper into the discussion. So Destiny was released September 9th of 2014. It was developed by Bungie, who, of course, is known for the Halo series, Halo Combat Evolved, Halo 2, 3, 3 ODST, and Reach, and it was published by Activision. The music for this video game was composed by Martin O'Donnell, who has since left, and also Michael Salvatore, C. Paul Johnson, Sky Lewin, and Stan Lepard. The game features the voices of Nolan North as our ghost, Nathan Fillion as K6, (laughs) Bill Nye as a speaker, and then just other names. We have Lauren Cohen, Eric Avari, Kirsten Potter, D. Bradley Baker, Gina Torres, Lance Reddick, Lenny James, Keith Ferguson, Fred Tataskior, and Morla Gorondona. And there are so many more than that. There There are. There is a rather stunt-casted list of voice actors and actresses. Right, and I guess we can... We'll we'll get to the scope of Destiny here in a little (laughs) bit, because it is is an enormous game. 
But what brought you to Destiny specifically? Well, I was working at Target, uh, <laughs> and I did not own a PlayStation, and I had some expendable income at the time. And uh, when you when you work in retail, you can't actually buy something during your shift. You have to wait until it's wait until your shift is over. And we had one PS4 left, and this was like a month after they had come out, so it was very odd for us to actually have one on the shelf. And I was just looking at it and going, you know what? If that's there at the end of the shift, I'm going to buy it. And then during my break, I'm looking up what games are going to be out for the PS4. And I was like, oh, Destiny. Oh, made by the guys that did Halo. I also liked Myth and Marathon from them. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a shot. And sure enough, the PS4 was there at the end of the shift. I purchased it and pre-ordered Destiny the next day. Or not the next day. It was, I pre-ordered it during the summer when you could finally pre-order it. Yeah. Okay, well, I was looking for a Halo-esque shooter game at the time. You mm -hmm. know, the only Halo game I'd ever really played was Halo 3. And mm -hmm. uh, that came out my sophomore year of high school, I think. And I just basically played the multiplayer. That was all I did was I did multiplayer. And it was the popular thing to do when you hung out with friends. People would come over and you'd have a LAN party or whatever. So I was craving that same sort of Halo experience. And lo and behold, this game called Destiny is coming out. And so I purchased it. I already had the PS4 because of the Blu-ray and... My uncle actually lived in London at the time, and I never lived near my uncle. I maybe see him two or three times a year, and so this was an, a game that we could play together. And so we both purchased it launch week, and we would play a few hours on the weekends, mostly just through the story mode. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the first few months of Destiny, that was my experience. I played a few hours on the weekends, story mode, no Crucible really, maybe a game or two here and there, but I wasn't a multiplayer kind of person i just wanted to play the game and shoot the guns and yeah it's all it's, that kind of stuff it, it's very interesting how the game you have these expectations going into it and i quickly abandoned them um they do, do you do much pvp now or i or, do i do a lot yeah. more yeah when i went in uh i said oh i don't want to i don't want a game where i do pvp i have other sources for that other shooters i'm really interested in the pve and then I ended up now I'm like basically uh, only doing PVP. <laughs> it's right. very interesting how the expectations change for it. Yeah, when January of 2015 came out, so at this point we'd had the first DLC release, mm -hmm. um, the Dark, Dark Below. Below, and uh, I had just finished student teaching. I had just graduated from college. I was in between employments, and so hey, I dove headfirst into Destiny, <laughs> and I from mid to late January all the way through October, I literally played this game every single day for multiple <laughs> hours a day. And um, I was playing with my uncle in the afternoons because he was six hours ahead. Mm -hmm. And then in the evenings when he was in bed, I, I was LFGing for a little bit to sort of try and get my feet wet with the raids, which I'd never done anything even remotely similar to that before. Um, and then eventually I just joined a group on the 100 in probably late January, early February. And I've been playing with those guys now for two years. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Shout out to Echo Company 892. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo I love all the names because anytime I see a clan tag and it's like Echo Company, Bravo Company, it's like, oh, 100.io clan right there. Man, and I'll tell you people out there looking for a team, the 100.io is a great place to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so with them and with my uncle, I sort of branched out into raiding and nightfalls and 
the crucible eventually was once house of wolves came out and there was that big long content lull until uh the taken king came out oh i know i know about that content lull (laughs) (laughs) and that is when i started playing crucible a lot more yep and um it's just like i said i'm not playing as much today i don't get on every day i i have other things that i'm more concerned with but i do like to pop on and destiny very much feels like my my home base game Mm -hmm. whether i put in something else or i put in a movie or just ignore my ps4 for a while if i if i feel the need to scratch that destiny itch it it just feels like i'm going home and uh that's something that i don't feel with really any other video games yeah it's it's interesting i felt the same way um uh, that you felt about destiny with world of warcraft for a very long time uh you know it was always there and it's like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna log in just home game dick around for a little bit okay cool and then log back off go go get back to work go do something but yeah, Destiny is uh, the same way for me right now as well. It's, you know, even though it is my job to basically play the game, it's always nice to just be able to log on and, you know, have a couple friends on or just do a couple of activities. It it exists as kind of like this comforting, reassuring home away from home that I can play within my own home. Right. It's no secret that this game wasn't entirely super well received when it first came out for a myriad out of reasons. Yeah. yeah so uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you mentioned dropping your expectations once you started playing. What, what sort of expectations did you have and what made you sort of slip away from that? So I, I was a very experienced uh, World of Warcraft player. So doing raids, uh, you know, I had done those in WoW for years before Destiny had come out. And I'd done a little bit of it in Borderlands. And I was like, okay, I want something more. And seeing that there was going to be six player raids in this game. I was like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. I can't wait to go into it. And I was, I loved the vault of glass when it first came out. Uh, it was a fantastic, fantastically designed raid, especially as like a first, first raid for a lot of people. Most people that played the game had never actually done a raid like activity before. Uh-huh. And, you, you know, like then, then seeing the other raids that came out, um, the one for Dark Below was much shorter. I was like, okay, that's cool. And then there wasn't a raid for House of Wolves. So my expectations for the PVE side of the game slowly kind of diminished uh, from there. And I, I kind of quickly fell into what happened with World of Warcraft for me was where I remembered that once I kind of solve the puzzle of PVE, it doesn't become as interesting anymore to me so i would always shift shift over and start playing pvp much more and really get into that which is basically what keeps me going in the game right now is i I truly love you know improving um, myself as a personal player improving some gear figure out figuring out new new ways to play the game uh in terms of like you know killing people in the crucible at least right you know, I've always liked the game. And, you know, when I first started out, I was literally just looking for a Halo-esque shooter. And mm-hmm. I got that for with, with Destiny and just playing a few hours every weekend, not really exploring anything. I, I wasn't plugged into the community at that point. I didn't know there was a community at that point. My mm-hmm. experience with other people in Destiny was the random people I came across in like a patrol zone mm-hmm. and my uncle. And so there was one time we even like loaded into the vault of glass because we didn't know what it was. And we (laughs) ran around for half an hour trying to mess with those sink plates and had no idea what we were doing. And so I didn't really have expectations that needed tempering because I got what I expected and what I was looking for. And over the course of 2015, as we did go through the the content, the great content drought of 2015, that's when I started branching out a lot more. I had gotten into the raids at that point. I'd gotten a little bit into PvP and just really started working on improving my PvP game. But still, I I always enjoyed the game. And I, I, 
I mean, I always go back to how fantastic just the gunplay in Destiny oh, yeah. is. Now the gun, they they definitely nailed that. I think that was the the kind of the saving grace of it for the most part is even if you didn't like the story, which no one really liked the story, even if you <laughs> you know were like, ah, oh, there's not a lot of content because everyone thinks, man, there's not a lot of content, and they are correct. There's not really a lot of content there. You know, n- no matter what any negative aspect that you think, you have to agree that the gunplay in this game just feels so good, and it makes you want to keep going back, try out this other new gun, shoot it, see how it plays and everything. And the fact that you have an arsenal outside of guns as well is uh, just so satisfying. Mm -hmm. I I play Warlock primarily. I I have all three characters, but Warlock was what I started with and what I still continue to play. And throwing a Nova Bomb, I feel powerful every single time. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about the the sort of framework of the story just a little bit. Are, Are there any threads that you find particularly interesting or something like that the one the one thread that they've been consistently building throughout the game is Rasputin the the war mind which I love that term war mind uh, mm-hmm. for an AI and you know it's it's this we, we don't know much about Rasputin we don't know much about this apparently very powerful entity that is Rasputin and he's he's shown up in every single expansion for the most part Every single one of them, he's always there. He's this very integral part to the defense of Earth. But at the same time, in the most recent one, we found out he's also kind of a villain. At the same time, he attacked the Iron Lords. Why? That That's the one thread that I really wish we could dive into a little bit more. We seem to get tons of little snippets and stuff in the grimoire, small little mentions in the story every single time. But, you know, if we could just get know get an april update sized thing to the game just all about rasputin and really explore the lore of him i feel like that would be wonderful right i agree um i i really like how many questions i mean one on one hand this game leaves me with too many questions because they don't explore (laughs) themselves in the story but on the other hand it leaves me asking questions because i'm just so drawn into the world and even though they don't explore everything in game there's there is the lore that i haven't dove too deep into but uh the idea of the traveler the speaker who are they what are their intentions Mm -hmm. what happened to or who is the exo stranger and what more is there to learn about the vex and the cabal and hopefully all of those things are coming in future updates but hopefully (laughs) the fact that i am so burningly curious about those aspects of the game just proves that they've done something right with the story here and that they've they've built the framework and it's drawn us in and that's why we're so sort of upset that we didn't get more of it initially right Mm -hmm. i'm just impressed with the scope of the world I, i love the concept of the traveler and guardians and ghosts and supers all of those are really fascinating and then the 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 four main races that we have so far the the cabal the vex the hive and the fallen we've learned a lot about the hive and we've built on that we've gone from the hive to the taken and we've gone from the fallen to the the siva and i i love how they're building and what they've done and they've definitely done better in that regard with the past two expansions definitely definitely so i'm hopeful for the future and uh maybe it's sort of April update. We'll, we'll see what this December update has first and then the April update and then destiny two. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a favorite expansion so far? Uh, I, I have two favorite expansions. Uh, you know, Taken King is my favorite because it's kind of that, 
that statement of, okay, we realized we need more stuff for the game. And, you know, we realize that a lot of the systems need reworking. And it's just this this wonderful package of things in the game. And they, they still got some stuff wrong during it, like the infusion for armor to level up everything, little things like that. But overall, I feel like Taken King was a wonderful statement. And then Rise of Iron is just improving upon that further. And, you know, I, I felt very engaged in the story in Rise of Iron. Uh, I didn't particularly like Saladin's character that much. He was, was kind of cool, but at the same time, that some of the lines that he had were just felt a little, a little cheesy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, th- this was the sort of cheesy update. It, it, there's a lot of nostalgia kind of stuff. Yeah, no, they, they, they directly said that, is that when I was at Bungie last, they said, you know, we wanted to build this update upon nostalgia and we realize how weird it is to say nostalgia for a game that's only been out for like two years but yeah that was that was a major building block of this expansion yeah and i think for that reason rise of iron is my favorite expansion Mm -hmm. so far the the soundtrack is great you know we had that sort of grim despair kind of soundtrack going into taken king i'm so glad we don't have to listen to that (laughs) that just dark theme for we had to listen to that for an entire year and this one feels so much more hopeful and bright every time i log in i'm like yeah i'm not oh destiny (laughs) exactly i mean so the soundtrack's great it's nostalgic there's a, a surprising emotional depth in this expansion story mm-hmm. and uh i mean the storytelling itself is just miles in a way better than going back to the exo stranger in year one yeah <laughs> and plus we got iron gallerhorn so <laughs> yes i still have an infused mine it's uh at light level three and i, I kind of want to just fully upgrade it but not infuse it and then take it into a raid and be like yeah i got gallerhorn i'm ready to go <laughs> this does nothing <laughs> I- i'd love to see your uh teammates reaction to that <laughs> Uh, what about characters? Do you have any favorite characters? It's kind of a cheap answer, but one of the things that I love about RPG games is that my favorite characters are usually myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> because oh, that's cool. I'm, I'm I feel like I'm building this character. I'm building its identity over the course of the game and everything. You know, my hunter started out. It, every every character started out, you know, in the exact same area, waking up in this you know dead area and. I very quickly was like, I really like jumping. So my character's kind of, you know, kind of all over the place. He likes to jump around a bunch, but at the same time, you know, he's, he's cocky. He uses throwing knives when I could, when I could just normally shoot you instead, you know, very small little things like that. I feel like the play style of a, a person can relate to the, their character's identity at the same time, if they're so inclined to actually kind of recognize some of that stuff. Right, and that's why I always go back to my warlock. I, I like the the sort of maybe methodical mm-hmm. gameplay of the warlock and uh, slower movement than hunter and titans, especially. Precise, um, more precise yeah, loading. Right, minus the maybe the the floaty floaty jump, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I handle that just fine, and I, I think that's a really cool perspective to think of your character as your favorite character in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's different than most people would say, I think. So that's, that's really cool. It's, it's one of the interesting things about the game. A lot of people are, are saying, you know, oh, it's, we haven't heard our characters speak since I think we had like one or two lines in the Taken King. I think that uh-huh. was it. And like, we haven't heard them at all in a very long time. And it's one of those things where I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm okay with not hearing them anymore because it was so alarming to hear my character speak. Because that's not the voice of my character anymore. I'm the voice of my character. Yeah, so 
I don't know, if Bungie decides to never have our characters speak ever again, I would be okay with that. I'd be completely okay with that. Yeah, I don't think it'd bother me too much either. Yeah. Um, do you have any other characters that particularly t- tickle your fancy? Yeah, Cade. Yeah, Cade, Cade. is. The, I mean, he's the, he's the cocky hunter that everyone loves to hate. You know, he he has yeah. a plan. He's not gonna tell. He's not gonna follow protocol or you know do what you know is right. You know, go talk to Zavala first, get permission to go to get this guardian on the dreadnought or something like that. No, he's he's gonna he's just gonna do it because he feels like it. Yeah, yes. I mean it's Nathan Fillion. So who who <laughs> who could hate Cade Six? Exactly. Which uh, uh Cade Six actually, I believe he has a bunch more lines coming in the in the Dawning update as well. You get to hear oh, a little bit. Awesome. Get to hear a little bit more from him. I also really like Eris. Yes. She she she's dark and brooding, and uh, her dark below and taking King storyline is pretty emotionally effective. Uh, mm-hmm. Hearing how she what she went through in Crota's End. And how she lost her fire team, and it's just surprisingly emotional. And um, at the same time, she's she's so creepy, and she has these random bouts of humor that always contrast that and mm-hmm. just make her stand out a little bit more. The the Halloween event, I feel, brought a lot of humanity to Eris's character. We had always thought of her, you know, she's she was off in her own little section of the tower, kind of segregated from everyone else, and she slowly moved back into society, and back into the tower, and then now the Halloween event came and we, yeah, she's just, she's, you know, she's part of the event. Kind of, kind of, she's giving you raisin. She's acknowledging that it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, uh, voice actress for Eris, Morla, uh, she also, uh, gave out raisins during Halloween as well. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course I, I just have to mention our ghost, our, our little light. I, I have to ask, do you like Dinklebot more or do you like no Android or whatever we're going to call him? <sighs> I can't remember. I think Nolan, uh, Nolan actually came out and said which which uh, one he prefers being called. Is a Nolan droid or uh, Nolan, Nolan bot. bot? Nolan bot. I can't remember which one he preferred, but I I liked both of them. I like both of their performances. I feel like Nolan's captures a little bit the, a little bit of the humanity of the ghost, whereas Peter Peter Dinklage's performance was almost like a human pretending to be a robot, whereas Nolan's is a robot trying to emulate humanity you know i think what i miss about dinklage's ghost is just the the classic lines you know there's mm-hmm. the, we we've woken the hive yeah. and uh, the a cell from the prison of elders and that kind of stuff i i miss those those iconic sort of lines that he had in year one but since then i i really like nolan north and what he's brought to uh, the personality of the ghost yes indeed so let's talk about music just a little bit sadly marty o'donnell doesn't work for Bungie anymore that's mm-hmm. depressing but uh his music especially in the first soundtrack at least is mm-hmm. is i mean it's so beautiful i i love the destiny main theme and it's very yeah. halo-esque but i don't think that's a bad thing it feels familiar but at the same time it has a sort of wonder and mystery that feels appropriate to this world mm-hmm. the uh i believe the overall soundtrack that he created was called music of the spheres yes. uh which there there is a public or like kind of like this open source thing where they're piecing together all of the components of the music of the spheres and redoing it so that, that we can actually hear the whole thing for the first time. And it, yeah, it, it's coming along very nicely from what I've heard. Yeah. The soundtrack of rise of iron soundtrack was phenomenal. Yeah. I think in, in our podcast about Dune, I said, you know, a lot of times you don't notice a good soundtrack. Whereas in a video game, I feel like it's almost this other, it's almost a mechanic in the game itself. You have to notice the soundtrack sometimes. 
and the soundtrack of Rise of Iron is noticeable. It's memorable. It's, it's, it complements the story perfectly. I think each soundtrack release, we've had three so far, brings a sort of different identity to mm-hmm. the music of Destiny. Like I said, the first one has this sort of feeling of mystery and wonder. The Taken King release was like dread and despair. Oh, which yeah. isn't always the most exciting thing to listen to, but it, it fits the story of the Taken King very well. So I won't begrudge them that. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, Rise of Iron, it brings us this feel of hope and regality and nobility and returning to a, a former state of being and I, I, I do really like Rise of Iron for that reason. Agreed. Uh, do you have any sort of favorite moments that are enhanced by music? Like any strike bosses or raid moments or anything like that? I think the... Uh, it, my favorite moment of music is actually, I believe, from Taken King. When the when the ghost is like... The, it's I think it's the prologue to it. or I, I, I can't exactly remember. It's the first opening scene where... The ghost is saying, you know, when the traveler died, the ghosts, we, we ghosts were released out into the world. And I didn't, I didn't know how long it would take to find you, but I did. And it was, it was this very, this very beautiful moving piece. Uh, and then it slowly transitioned into, uh, in, into this powerful opening cinematic battle scene. And it, there's like those two pieces side by side were this just wonderful, wonderful, uh, storytelling through music. I agree. Um, the first thing that popped into my head when I was trying to think of memorable moments was the original main menu. Mm-hmm. Um, just And the original sort of PlayStation theme that you could put on your PS4. Wow. I mean, it, it's just such a great classic video game main theme. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it feels familiar, but it, it has that Destiny feel to it. That just yeah. is so good. And then there's the original Sepix Strike that final boss fight, that mm-hmm. music's really good. There's the Black Garden final boss from the original year one storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment in that that I always reminds me of like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's sort of <laughs> swashbuckling and really adventurous, and I, I really like that. And then who can forget the sword music from Crota's End? Oh, yes. I always feel powerful picking up that sword and the music plays, and I feel like I'm the most important person of the moment. And You definitely are in that fight. <laughs> yes, definitely at that moment. And the, the music contributes to that as well. And then uh, Rise of Iron overall is just a great soundtrack. Yeah, you liked the uh, Sepix, the original Sepix. What did you think of the redone Sepix music? I think that was very cool. The, the yeah. sort of rock version of it, you know, the, the percussion and the electric guitar and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It's a good sort of remix. Yeah. Now, relevance. What what is this game meant to you? Obviously, you've sort of built a career on it. So yeah, I had no intentions of doing that when I first started out playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that literally just kind of happened uh, over the course of a couple of weeks. Where you know, I was I, I when the game came out, I was in school, but it was like with first week of school, and then we had a holiday break right when Destiny came out. So I had a full week due to the way my classes worked out a full week of playing before I had to go back to school. So I was like, yeah, I got a full <laughs> week to play this game with no interruptions. I'm going to be a kid again and stay up until 5 a.m. every day. And I did. It was great. <laughs> Went to the midnight release, picked up the game, played it, you know, played the crap out of it. And I quickly got four exotics within the first week of the game. Wow. The original Bad Juju, the original Pocket Infinity, Truth and Thorn. Uh, and three of those were done by bounties. So 
I, we quickly figured out a glitch where you could like, uh, if you were on during reset, you could pick up bounties, do them, log out, log back in and pick up the bounties again. And that was how we were able to farm those original exotics very quickly. And then I couldn't find any information on any of these. I had no idea which to pick, which one was good, how I should use it. And so I just decided, well, I'll write reviews because I'm using them. I know how to use them. And I put out two reviews on Reddit. And someone contacted me. And long story short, I became a YouTuber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a story. Yeah, so the game just... I mean, the game. the game's like my job right now which sounds really cool and really depressing i guess because you know we're in a content lull and you know opinions of the game aren't exactly very high about some of the stuff so you know i'm very connected to to the game and when it's doing well i feel great when it's doing bad it's like oh i wish it could be better you know it's definitely shaped my life i i had been doing modding and stuff for video games for a very long time before this and you know, it's kind of rekindled my love of game design as well, because I'm able to go talk to people at Bungie. I'm able to talk to the developers, you know, you know, what, what was your intention when designing this? You know, how, how did you guys go about it? And then hearing about that, and it's kind of wanted me to pursue game design even more and possibly pursue that as, you know, a job in the future. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, and that that's like quite a growth just based on playing a video game nobody yeah. goes to purchase a video game and expects to make a living <laughs> off of it right no no one also buys a video game and expects oh in a year's time i'm going to be going to the studio that made this game right and, and meeting people I like, no one expects to do that it's like i'm just gonna i'm gonna pick this up because i had some extra money at the end of a shift at target <laughs> it's the only game i've played this consistently in this long um i looked it up earlier i have nearly 1800 hours logged into this game oh wow and i mean that that's unprecedented there's no other game i would ever play like this you know I, i've always been drawn to cinematic games for obvious reasons mm -hmm. I, I like games that tell a clear story and have incredible visuals and you know destiny has half of that but i, I still stuck around and a large part of that is because it's been a way for me to stay in contact with my uncle mm -hmm. who i've never lived near i've always only seen two three times a year maximum and he lives in Singapore now and I can call him up or text him and say, Hey, let's get on and play some destiny yeah. and we'll play some destiny. And that's just so cool that that's a possibility and that th there's a game that we both enjoy to this extent that we can do that. And aside from that, I, I've made friends who I've been playing with for almost two years now. It's one of the wonderful things about online games, meeting new people. Definitely. And even though I'm not playing the game every day now, I sit in a Discord chat half the mm -hmm. day talking with these guys. And some of them are from Australia. And so it, it, it's just a really cool way for me to have contact with people I never would have met otherwise and form really solid friendships with them. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any sort of final thoughts about Destiny? Uh, as we said, we are in kind of like a content lull. And it's it's one of the things where I, th I feel like during this time is when we get to see some of the most creative parts of the community come out because, you know, some of us are, you know, you know, really thinking about what makes the game great. What, what could we change about the game to, you know, make sure content lulls like this don't happen in the future? What could we, what improvements could be made to it? Uh, other people are, 
you know, saying, okay, this is the game that we have. How do I make this fun? Because I truly love playing it. And, you know, they'll, they'll get very inventive with some stuff in private matches, maybe uh, going out and like creating, you know, exotics on their own to see if, you know, to see what it's like to design some things in the game. And, you know, content lulls like this are wonderful sometimes. Just it all, it all depends on what you do with it. And, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to when content finally comes, and looking forward to the lulls again. Looking forward to when content comes again. I I, I love that cycle that we kind of go through. I agree. Um, now I have to ask, just to wrap this up, do you have any favorite weapons? Uh yes, icebreaker is uh, icebreaker pro- probably my favorite <laughs> very favorite, and uh, I don't know when this episode will release, but yeah, icebreaker's coming back in the dawning, and when I saw that. When I was at PlayStation Experience and I saw that in the trailer, I was like, oh, no, they, yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> this is, yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. That that was one of my first exotics. I, I, I actually bought that one. I think that might have been the first mm-hmm. exotic I bought from Zur because I didn't know what Zur was until January or February. It was oh, wow. second week of February, I guess when uh he sold that because i was in san antonio at the time so yeah i'm pretty sure that that's right yeah icebreaker was my first love hate exotic because i had 13 of them <laughs> i like i could only get icebreakers to drop for some reason and i would keep them in our original vault that had like 20 slots or something like that uh, I, I i kept all of them there to show people it's like this is how many i've gotten this could have been something else Bungie. please <laughs> i got really lucky with my first like my first run through vault of glass i got Fatebringer and Vex, my first run, hard mode run, and I got Gallarhorn in that first run. And so for the, the the sort of most sought after ones, I didn't really have to wait very much like a lot of other people did. Um, but Icebreaker was one that I had to buy pretty early on because it wasn't dropping for me just yet. Yep. I really always liked the LDR. I know you used an LDR for a long time. Oh, yes, I did. I had one with Spray and Play, Clown Cartridge, and Armor Piercing back when Armor Piercing was... Fun. Really fun because you could shoot people <laughs> through walls and stuff like that. You should be through mountains. <laughs> yeah. It's great. You could. <laughs> and I, right now I've actually got an AS Luna with Sure Shot, Outlaw, Hammer Forged, and Reactive Reload that I nice. love. And that's my go to PvP uh, weapon. And then I've got to say, of course, Fatebringer and the high impact and high stability machine guns. Mm-hmm. Always my fallbacks in the Crucible. Definitely. They're, they're, they're good weapons for a reason, they're very consistent. Yes, and uh, and I know the answer to this, but what what's your favorite class? That would be the Gunslinger Hunter. Uh, I fell in love with it in the Alpha. Played with it, I was like, I have a throwing knife. Other people just punch or slap things. I get to <laughs> I get to stab things from far away. This is great. Right, and of course you are Bones of Ao. Always, always, never take them off, unless I'm doing a review for another piece of armor, and then they they go back on. And I, I go with the Voidwalker Warlock with nothing manacles most of the time. Nice. Have you tried out the Ophidian aspects yet? Not too much. You know, I, I think I bought them from Xur, but mm-hmm. I haven't been playing all that much recently. And so I, I played a lot when Rise of Iron first came out and just haven't touched them much since then. They're they're really good. If you if you have that type of play style where you like to swap between a bunch of weapons really quickly, you know, swap to your primary, swap to secondaries, bring out the heavy real quick, reload them all quick. They're really good. They're really, really good. They don't come off my warlock. Awesome. I'll have to experiment with that a little bit more, but there's just something so satisfying with uh, the well-placed uh, oh, scatter yeah. grenade and oh, nothing yeah. manacles. <laughs> seeing a bunch, I love seeing a bunch of numbers fly up when I use those grenades too. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, last thing, what are your favorite things to do just in the game? Improve. Improve. It's, it's kind of, a, yeah, just, just improve. I mean, we had a we had a saying back when I was playing Magic the Gathering heavily, and it's always be affecting the board state. 
And that basically means if you're doing something in the game, you need to be improving your current situation and translating that over to destiny. Just improve one word (laughs) solves it pretty quick, pretty easily. Whatever, whatever you're doing at the game, try to be improving at it, whether it be making content for YouTube, whether it be, you know, streaming on Twitch, whether it be going into a crucible match and using a weird weapon, try to improve it using that weapon. If you know, going in, improve at helping people improve anything, just always be improving. Right. Giving yourself goals for mm-hmm. sure. I really like the year one raids. I- I've played um, King's Fall and I've played Wrath of Machine. I haven't actually finished Wrath of Machine yet. I just haven't gotten around to it. But those year one raids, man, those hit the sweet spot for me, both of them. And uh, I-, I did them over and over and over again uh, in that content lull. And uh, I always love doing patrols and doing bounties while listening to podcasts. That's something I, I just did all the time, especially mm-hmm. during year one. And uh, Crucible with Friends is hard to beat. Yes, yeah, definitely with is. Friends. And I, I like Clash. I like Control, Rumble. It's just fun. I, I love this game, and there's a lot I like to do in it. Anything else to say about Destiny, Patrick? <sighs> Not really. I want to go play. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Iron Banner is up. Yeah, I'm going to get that Distant Star. Looks really good. Yeah, definitely want to check that out. And uh, I guess that's the end of the third bonus episode of the Cinescope podcast. Thanks again for joining me, Patrick. Thank you for having me again. Definitely. Contact for the show, facebook.com slash Cinescope podcast and Cinescope pod on Twitter. And then you can email at the Cinescope podcast at gmail.com. Please consider going to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. And Patrick, where can people find you online? Oh, Twitter's the best place, at Holtzman underscore YT. But if you want to watch some videos about Destiny, the game that we were just talking about, you can go to YouTube.com slash PKC Forte, and you can find tons of videos about stuff in Destiny. Awesome. The best place to find me is on Twitter at Chadadada, that is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A, and then Facebook.com slash Chad.Hopkins. And that is is it. All the show notes and all the contact information can be found on the website, thecinescopepodcast.com. And that is it for this special Destiny-focused bonus episode. Thank you one more time, Patrick Holtzman, for being on the show. (laughs) No problem, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our third bonus episode. I'm Chad Hopkins. This was Cinescope, and we'll be back later this week with episode 20. Have fun and celebrate movies and video games. Hey everyone, I know you thought we were done, but while producing this recording I thought to myself, how cool would it be to involve members of my Destiny clan in my Destiny episode? So I sent everyone in the Echo Company 892 chat room a message and waited to see what they would come up with, if anything. I only got a few responses, the rest were probably busy playing Destiny, and here they are. Some of the people who I've been playing with for nearly two years now, and what Destiny and the clan means to them. Enjoy. From player Snow Leopards Yo. Destiny in the clan has come to mean friendship and community that other games never gave me. Video games were always a single player thing for me, and when I did try to interact with the communities, they were so toxic I never stayed. Destiny and the clan has made me feel very welcomed right from the start, and I hope it stays that way for a long time. From player Deoxys114. I started late in the lifetime of Destiny. I'm what is commonly known as a Taken Tot. I joined after the first huge expansion. I'd heard good and bad things about the game, but mostly that the game was dead. There's a reason why we joke saying that Destiny is dead, because other people say it a lot. 
Nevertheless, I wanted to get a PS4, and the Destiny Limited Edition Decal PS4 was on sale for $100 less than its normal price. I was concerned because I'd never played an FPS seriously before. It seemed odds were against me, playing a type of game I've never played and the game being dead. I gave it a try, and so as it turns out, I fell in love with the game. Controls felt great, and I got used to using dual analog sticks pretty quickly. Unfortunately, most of my friends left about two months into the Taken King expansion, and I was left solo queuing it up for a while. It led me to quit, but I picked it up again in July out of boredom. I forgot how much fun the game was, but there was still one problem. I still didn't have anyone to play with. I ended up joining a lot of pugs, or pickup groups, but after a while I wanted a stable group. I added these people to my friends list, and then we'd never talk again. That's when I looked to the 100.io, and I found Echo Company 892. Being the new guy in a group is always a terrifying experience for me. Will I fit in? Are they a good group? Are they just a bunch of triards? Etc. Turns out, everyone is a great person in this group, and it's been a blast to be a part of it. I would have probably left Destiny again if it wasn't for them. TLDR started playing a dead game of a game type that I've never played before. Ended up loving it despite everyone saying it was bad or dead. My friends moved on, but I stayed, and I made a new group of friends. They kept me playing the game. From player, Jack Walther. Destiny was the first console FPS I've played. Spent most of my gaming on PC, so the learning curve on the controller was pretty steep. This was also my first multiplayer game since old MUDD days. I was drawn in by the combination of explorable world, team involvement, and the FPS perspective. I was a solo player when I started in January of 2015 for quite a while until I realized I was missing out on a big part of the game with the raids. Thank goodness for my icebreaker for soloing the nightfalls. Eventually, I found the 100 site near the end of April 2015 and joined, but the group I was initially with did not fit me at all. During that time, I was also running with the LAB guys for Crota every week as a hunter. That's when I realized I needed to have multiple characters to take advantage of the exotic chest. With three characters, I had to branch out besides joining random 100 games. My first experience with Echo 892 was joining a hard mode Crota game with SN Labbit in May. The group was very easygoing, so I stalked the group games for a while. Joined a VOG run with Alcantara, then Crota with Jotun 2305, and my first non-solo Nightfall run with Red Giant 17. I soon realized I was joining all their group games and none of the games in my group. At that point, it was just a waiting game until a spot opened up in Echo 892. My first Echo 892 post was a normal Crota with E-Dark Knight, Red Giant 17, Hopeless Heretic, of Astral Blood. Happy to say that the people I played with before joining the group are almost all still in Echo 892. Alcantara, Jotun, Avastral Blood, Burns164, E-Dark Knight, Red Giant 17, Mosby, Danny, Dino's Cat, MD Frank. As an FYI, the first game I played with Chidada.17 was Iron Banner, August 2015. Hooray for unlimited Gmail space. The people I play with are the reason I stay with Destiny long after finishing the storyline stuff. If I hadn't joined Date 92, I probably would have moved on long ago. Having a group of people that don't care if things are not going well, well, not caring is probably not right, that don't put pressure or blame on you when you're having an off night. Also, the ability to complain and rage and harass during a raid and not have people take it personally but give it right back to you is a great stress reliever after a crappy workday without talking shop. Talking with people from all over the world can give a completely different perspective on things. So, as long as the core group of 892 still plays, there's a good chance I'll be around until the end. 
from player Jotun2305. Before Destiny, I never would have called myself a hardcore gamer. I've never put so many hours into a game. I've never followed a gaming community. I've never before watched endless hours of videos or read so much about a game before. I think the nature of Destiny being such a unique game, no other game is really like it, and the way it forces you into multiplayer and finding a group if you want to get the most out of it, is what has kept me coming back. After not much luck with groups from Bungie.net, the 100.io is where it all changed for me. If I hadn't lucked out and been put into such a great group with so many people I would call real friends, despite never having met any of them, it probably just would have been another game that got shelved when something interesting came out. It was a lot of first for me. First console FPS, first truly cooperative and competitive multiplayer game, and first game that, despite its many flaws and inconsistencies, has kept me coming back well over 3,000 hours last time I checked. Who knows how many I'm up to now. It's hands down the best game I've ever played. This last one is special because it's from my uncle, who was my original Destiny partner when the game first launched in September 2014, and with whom I played with and talked to nearly every day for the majority of 2015. He says, I like the game, and I think it's a good fun game, but the main reason I play is to be able to spend time and bond with my family. Because it should be mentioned that my younger brother plays the game as well, and so the three of us, my brother, my uncle, and me, have spent many hours tackling nightfalls, grinding strikes, and suffering through the crucible together. Destiny has always been a fun game, but I'm still playing it more than two years after its release because of the social interactions it has helped me to have, both with family and with new friends, and it's those social interactions that will keep me coming back to Destiny in the time to come. Thank you all once again for listening to Cinescope. Keep a lookout for episode 20, which will release later this week. Have fun, and celebrate movies and video games. Thank <laughs> you.